Welcome to the Intercut Podcast channel where we're recapping the 2024 Golden Globes, the 81st annual Golden Globes Awards ceremony. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he only found out he got the job 10 days ago. It's Arturo Zurita. 10 minutes ago, he let me know we're about to do this Golden Globes recap. I'm like, what? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Went through the Wikipedia, and I think think we're more prepared than Joe Coy. I think you got (laughs) to be able to think on your feet for a job like that, unlike some people, right? A comedian Um, should know comedy? (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh, we are talking about the big award show to kick off the season of award shows. It's going to be a couple months of SAG awards and DGA awards, and we got the Emmy awards next week, but it all starts with the Golden Mm. Globes, which, uh, in many ways is almost like an audition for the rest of award season. You know, we, we have our favorites, people who we think deserve to win the most, but the practical reality of award season means that we're We're going to be watching many award shows with the Emmys next week, with the Oscar nominations coming a week after that. So, Arturo, after last night's Golden Globes, I'm curious, which winners do you most want to see give another four or five speeches this award season? This is probably the, like, Kihi Kwan Memorial Award because of how how many damn speeches he had to give last year. True. Um, Let's see. Since the Globes do what a lot of other awards don't do, which is also include TV. I would love to hear from the succession people as they finally wrap it up. I think hearing from Kieran has been pretty funny, especially since this is like the first set of wins that he's getting. Getting the Globe is one thing, but hopefully getting that Emmy speech, that'll be one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of movies, I want to keep hearing Christopher Nolan talk. It is absurd to me. That this man, who is synonymous with a freaking sound when it comes to trailers, that was the first time we saw him up there. Like, his only speech has been at, what, the Nick Slime Time Choice Awards? Like, that's crazy to think that he's never been awarded. When they announced him and he went up there, they said, this is his sixth nomination and first win. Like, nah, he he should be speaking more. And I also even liked when um, his wife, since she's yeah. producer, Emma went up there and kind of related back to him. Like, yeah, he he, he should have been awarded a long time ago. This feels uh, like like do justice after so many years of him kind of being snubbed and even being the reason for why some categories have gotten more nominations. So uh, definitely him, a lock in for him. The surprise one, though, I will say this. It's going to be interesting to hear, you know, whatever Killian's going to do, whatever Divine's going to do. Damn, no one's going to give a better speech than Robert Downey, huh? That man yeah. loses Christmas. Like he left a trail going up there. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a reason they chose, they centered the MCU around him. That man is like Sheesh. radiating charm and just like Ridiculous. pops off the screen. He he just is so, the, the voice just carries you, right? He's so effortless. Uh, I'm definitely happy to see Robert Downey Jr. give as many speeches as possible, even if I don't necessarily Please. know if he's my choice in that category. Right. But there's lots of people that I, I'm give happy the best to speeches. hear. Yeah, uh, you know who I really enjoyed hearing from last night was also uh, Paul Giamatti. I think Paul Paul's got like the the sort of like 
doesn't really give that much of a shit anymore energy yeah. that, that's fun at award shows. You know, he's been through through the cycle before, and uh, I think he's like a little... He doesn't need the ac uh, accolades, right? He's just kind of nah. there for the free, uh, the free drinks or whatever. Um, you saw what he did afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's my kind of guy after my heart, going to an in and out immediately with your Golden Globe. That's funny. That that's yeah. exact. I would not have expected anything, anything more from him. Yeah, but somebody who was definitely ready for their moment is Lily Gladstone. Uh, kind of had the whole like uh, gravity of the situation perfectly pinpointed. You know, Agreed. reminded us of the historical significance. Threw in a little bit of uh, of Blackfoot uh, dialect in there as well. She she will definitely come with like a a you know, a heavy hitter statement every time that she wins one of these awards. So I'd be happy to see her uh, continue on this pathway. Let me, let me hit you with that one though. You're right with her being able to understand the moment and kill it with that speech, understanding the levity of it. Does a golden globe hold that for you or does it need to be the Oscar? I mean, I think a golden globe is right? kind of like the, the testing ground. It's like the putting the foot in the water, but it does, it's mm -hmm. not really real until we get to the Oscars, right? Cause this so you is get all, the gold. it's all part of the lead up to the big ceremony uh, that happens in March. So the uh, spring training. We'll, yeah. We'll talk a bit about some of the winners and losers from last night's golden globe ceremony. And also what that means for potentially their future awards success. Should we start with some of the winners? You want to start with some of the losers? How, how should we attack this? We go winners, bro. Let's go. Yeah. All right. All the glory first. Uh, let's start it with TV, like you were saying, because Succession was the big award winner from the night. Uh, it took home the best show, best drama show, best actor, best actress. And I think kind of not notably in the one category where it was competing with the bear, best supporting actor, it was Matthew McFadyen who won the Golden Globe and not Eben Moss Bacharach. So, Art, uh, are you happy with Succession going out as the champion in its final season? Yeah, I thought they all gave really great performances, all gave really great speeches. Um, maybe in s Best Actress, perhaps? I'd have to look at the, 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 the grouping again there, but I think that may be the one category where it's just like, I'm happy Snook took it, but I think that that was probably the strongest one out of all the other ones where Culkin, I was completely in. I'm still rooting for him for the Emmy. Mm -hmm. I can see supporting actor go multiple different ways, right? For sure. No problem there. But McFadden was great. He probably has some of the most quotable lines that we had from the fourth season. And then also he kind of spoiled the ending of Succession when he went up there <laughs> giving his new title. But hey, I, I like that. I think he won last year as well, if I'm not mistaken, because that was the year where I thought he was stronger. I think Culkin mm -hmm. was stronger this year than he was last year. Um, but I, I'd still give him his due justice for sure. Yeah, I mean, he still had quite a bit to do in this final season. And I, I, yeah. I know we were talking about this before, but that balcony scene between him and Sarah Snook's characters is just Easily. like some of the most riveting performances that I've ever seen on TV. So uh, happy to see Matthew McFadyen uh, take this one home. Happy to see Jesse Armstrong get up on stage one last time and talk <laughs> about. All uh, right, though. <laughs> what happened there, dude? This man went up there last mm -hmm. minute. And goes, hey, nice to meet you all. Where was he the entire show? <laughs> I mean, I th he's not a big name actor, so I think they got him sure. way in the back there. Okay. I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe they they needed to probably put the beef table closer to the stage, too, because that oh, they we'll were talk also about taking a little while. 
The uh, beef, they had the beef table pass customs all the way on the west wing yeah. of that auditorium, bro. That was ridiculous. It was a traffic jam to get up there. Yeah. Talking about Sarah Snook's window in Best Actress, I think this is a category that I actually kind of would have liked to have seen go to Emma Stone for her work on saying. The Curse. It's a That's, really, really yes. incredible performance. Um, and you could even see it in her face right before they announced it. She was kind of yeah. like, like almost saying, like, this is going to be the double. Yeah. 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 Uh, which is not usually the case for succession actors. They they are used to feeling like the front runners. But you know, I guess in a year with The Last of Us, with The Curse, with a lot of other stuff, the uh, yeah. But the thing is, the winners were pretty grouped together. Uh, all of the TV awards ended up going to either Succession, uh, Beef. There was the as you mentioned, one win for Elizabeth Debicki on The Crown, or mm-hmm. it went to our other best show winner for yes, musical or sir. comedy, The Bear. Uh, they had the whole cast up on stage, Lionel accepting the award. Uh, Io got her flowers. Jeremy got her fla- uh, his flowers. Uh, were you happy to see The Bear, another one of our favorite shows from the past year, also take home this many Golden Globes? Easily. I think Jeremy Allen White killed it. it this would be for season two, right? Yeah, interestingly, this is for season two, but I believe the Emmys that are next week are still for season one. How? It, because I the remember Emmys got delayed. It's all it's all stupid and backwards. I, I don't understand that at all. But what I do know is that he previously already won one, if I'm not mistaken. So he is two for two, Jeremy Allen White, mm-hmm. for the same role. That's back-to-back ones. Last year, uh, it was him and Ayo. They went up to uh, announce... And their whole bit, if you recall, was them doing an audition about how tall they were and what they could perform as because they said all the casting uh, uh, people were in the room. Now look Mm -hmm. at them. She was what? Your number one most viewed actress of 2023? Yep. And now she picked up her first gold, both of them winning together? That's awesome. Fantastic. And then to have the boy Marcus come up. And be the one who's chosen to speak? Beautiful. I thought that was like, badass. They made him the sous chef at that point, and he was yeah. able to carry it. I thought that they had the best uh, ensemble on site for out of all the people who were there. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it's cool to see, like, basically the whole cast there, uh, too, rather than, you know, just like the few famous players, I guess. I mean, it's maybe not every single person, but it's a lot of them, right? And... I think they're also just like people who we've come to love and support so much. Like Io uh, is so endearing and her, her speeches, I think her personality comes through so much. I mean, you know, it's hard to not uh, root for a fellow fellow letterbox poster, but you know, uh, it's, it's no, I thought she quit. She took her profile picture down, but I think she's still putting some things up. She's a, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, we're I thought the Irish joke safe, was pretty playing funny. Playing it safe. She's playing it safe, right? She got that award. Yeah. <laughs> she wins one thing, has got to lose another. But yeah, her letterbox <laughs> has probably been one of the funnier ones out there. So we'll see. We'll see if she keeps that up. Yeah. But the, I mean, The Bear, it's a really special show. And I think the ensemble is one of the key reasons why. So it's it's great number to Number one show of the year? Yeah. Um, I mean, I had two different number one shows on our two different lists. And it was Succession and The Bear. So I'm happy to see them both, uh, both strongly represented in these categories, for sure. Uh, the other big winner, the one that you were actually messaging me about, was Beef. The Globes ordered some turf on turf. They gave both Ali Wong and Steve Yun the acting awards yeah. for limited series. And then they gave the award for best limited series to the show itself. Awesome. Uh, art. Uh, were you happy that beef swept or were you hoping to see some of the love spread around? 
No, you just reminded me. I only messaged you one thing during the award show, and it was the words, the Beef. word B-E-E-F. Yep. <laughs> I was very excited. I We've been talking about how for actress, she has pretty much been winning everything. And I thought she gave a beautiful speech. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of behind the scenes about, you know, the hus- her husband's always been the butt of the jokes uh, when it comes to her stand-up specials. They recently also kind of split, and now she's out there um, in the dating scene. Would I have ever guessed that it would have been Bill Hader to share that kiss for the win. <laughs> a Never. very intimate kiss, too. Very a tender. Very tender kiss. Yeah. And then to also still shout out her husband for babysitting. So, I mean, <laughs> that, that was beautiful all around. Like, to still give him the due credit for, for her being able to be out there to do the stuff that she does. I thought it was an excellent performance from her looking at the other actresses who were nominated for that list. I obviously really liked Rachel Weisz for Dead Ringers. Juno Temple has been fantastic in Fargo. She earned it with beef. My worry, as you know, has been Stephen Young has not been getting the recognition I thought he deserved, especially Mm -hmm. with all the other uh, award shows. Finally came in here, snatched it up, rightfully so. And even when it comes to uh, limited series overall, right? What else was in competition this Uh, All the Light We Cannot See, Daisy Jones and the Six, Fargo, Fellow Travelers, Lessons in Chemistry. Nah, it's beef, you know it. Swarm should have been in there, but it's beef. So I was very, very happy with that. And I thought it was a good even split. I don't think anyone monopolized too much. Like, I wouldn't really consider it too many sweeps when there's, like, one missing. So Succession getting, like, its corner of nobody I would argue against. The Bear getting mm-hmm. its corner. And then Beef as well. Uh, I thought it was evenly split, split between those three. Yeah, I mean, I think there will be people who will argue that um, Barry should have gotten some love. What, which uh, one? Where? P- Where? <sighs> I mean, I think you can make an argument of him against Jeremy Allen White for sure. I don't know if I would go with really? Bill Hader over Jeremy Allen White, but I think it's an so argument. So we ain't having it. <laughs> I mean, it's other people will. I'm, I'm saying what other those, people might say. Um, and those people, the I other, hope we're having a good Monday. Yeah. The other thing you might say is that maybe like a show like Abbott Elementary should have done done better considering that the bear isn't that much of a comedy. But again, like it, it kind of Let's is. Talk about that. That's interesting I mean, too. We say that it's a division between comedy and drama, but really it's a dr- division between one-hour shows and half-an-hour shows. And those have just traditionally been, if they're an hour long, they're dramas, and if they're half an hour long, they're comedies. But uh, in the age of streaming, those those walls are eroding, so now the bear gets to be a comedy and compete against Abbott Elementary and Jury Duty in, in for acting awards. Two things. One... Can you name me funnier lines out of Succession or funnier lines out of The Bear Season 2, Zach? Oh, easily Succession. I got like 10 more quotable lines from Succession than The Bear. Two. Ain't duty really funny and James Marsden maybe should have snatched it from him? <laughs> I'm not sure they, they should be in the same category at all, but that's a whole it's other It's a little different. Discussion. Yeah, it is yeah. a little different. But for comedy's sake, jury duty is kind of surprising, right? Yeah, it's funny. It's very funny. It's very funny. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm always team like spread the love around, but at the same time, like I think succession and the bear are two particularly special shows. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't take any of those awards from them. Yeah. Um, and and beef is definitely the best of the, the nominated, uh, miniseries. Do you see a shakeup happening for the Emmys? Cause obviously the golden globe is cute. But really what they're aiming for is the Emmys. This tends to right. be in, in the streak of things. Emmys happen in the fall. That's a real award. And then they're just like parting. It's like an after show for a lot of these seasons that may have ended to still hang out with each other. Emmys is still around the corner for Succession, yeah. for The Bear. Whatever seasons they may be, that's the real award that they put up on the mantle. 
Do you think anything's going to shift for that? I would suspect that um, perhaps beef won't do as strongly at the Emmys. I think it'll still pick up some. Maybe, like you said, it'll be Ali and not Steven there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think that the other thing is that the Emmys are just they have more categories, right? They split their supporting actor categories that they have other, they've guest actor categories. Um, th- those which were actually given out this weekend, which we yeah. will talk about later. Um, I think it'll just be that because there's, because it's only TV and not just sort of shoehorning in a few TV categories that it won't feel like so top heavy, even though I mm-hmm. still suspect that the winners will be succession and uh, the bear. They also do comedy, right? And drama. Yeah, they they do a split between comedy and drama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see it kind of being the same as well. All throughout. Yeah, maybe The Last of Us will be a bit of a bigger threat at the Emmys, but I don't know. Could I be. still feel like Succession is going to reign king. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, some more big winners from last night, as we were talking about earlier. Oppenheimer uh, and Emma hey. Thomas coming to the stage for to accept Best Picture. Uh, it was one of five wins that Oppenheimer on the, on the night, Beautiful. including Christopher Nolan for best director, Robert Downey Jr. for Oof. best supporting actor in a really competitive field. Killian Murphy for best actor in a drama Ludwig for score. Uh, and then Rightfully yeah, so. the fifth is the best picture win. So Oppenheimer leaves the golden globes with all the momentum in the world heading into right? award season. And I kind of feel like we've been, we've known this since July and we've entertained these other movies, but I think people who are denying it are, are just like, look, not looking at reality right now. This is Oppenheimer's award season. It's in the front runner seat. I think it's going to take home at least three of the big awards, if not more. Uh, I, I just really don't see anything being a threat to it in, in picture, maybe in director, if they, they want to do some kind of like Scorsese celebration nah. thing. But I think this is Chris Nolan's year. Like you mentioned, we haven't seen him on this stage and he's such an icon. It's such, such like a, you know, notable auteur. And, and I think it's just his time. I'm flipped on it. Yeah. I'm s- still not sure if Oppenheimer takes best picture. Don't get me wrong. I'm completely for it. They said it wouldn't make money. It's nearing a bill. They said mm-hmm. it wouldn't be getting these awards. It's getting these awards. For me, I, I think it needs to be a lock for Best Director. Yeah. I think the award and the honor should go to Christopher Nolan. There's no better place than for that. When he won the directing last night, I was like, damn, that feels right. Like it, It's so weird to see him finally accept the piece of gold. It doesn't matter what the piece of gold is. It should definitely be the Oscar, though. Whether it's for writing, whether it's for directing, whether it's for best picture, out of all three, I think the best one to get it for is for the thing that he does best. It's him being the man behind the camera. It's the director. I, I want to see him give that speech over him getting nominated or even winning for the movie. I- I'd be okay seeing Killers snatch movie or surprise mm-hmm. hit. But to me, that's what Oppenheimer deserves the most. It's Christopher Nolan's recognition for his directing. Even over Scorsese's, who I think went toe-to-toe with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But th- th- that's where my lock in. Lock, up. lock is in. As well as yeah, Killing. Mean, as much and as- score. Yeah, and as much as I love Killers of the as much as I love Killers of the Flower Moon, I don't think there's anybody out there arguing that that it's Scorsese's best movie. I, I got it, you know, number five or number six, maybe, but you five, know, six, best what? movie uh, on Scorsese's best movies. 
uh, hey, Killers of the Flower Moon. This late in the game, making a number five movie? Look, That's yeah, crazy, nothing, though. Nothing to sh- uh, shake a finger at, but... Um, as for Christopher Nolan, like there's an argument to be made that Oppenheimer is his best movie. I'm not sure that's my pick for his best movie, but it really? certainly is up there. And it's also like the rare film from him that deals with like a, a real human situation, a, a period mm-hmm. of history, you know? So I, I think that combination, it makes it hard to look elsewhere uh, than him this award season. So I don't know. I, I have point. them both the film and him as director as the strong front runners heading into the rest of the um, award season. But something that score. No, I kind of think it's going to win score. I think it's right. The ones that I think it's going to win right now are uh, picture score, um, supporting actor, uh, original screenplay supporting score. Yeah. I I think it's winning. I think it's Robert Downey Jr.'s year to lose. Whoa! Look, he won okay. the globe. All right, I and he gave the best speech possible. Look, Melton goes up there; it's going to be the most attractive dude up there. <laughs> Downey goes, or sorry, uh, De Niro goes up there. It's going to be the most political speech. Who mm-hmm. else we got? Ruffalo. Uh, Ruffalo. It's also probably political. He's probably he's political. the most likely to say ceasefire now. <laughs> Who's the fifth one we got? Uh, shoot, uh, it's not Willem Dafoe, is it? Bro, they put up a picture of Willem Dafoe, of him in the makeup oh, and not the makeup. Oh, it's Gosling. Gosling. And for a second, I didn't know which one to look at. He's supporting. <laughs> Gosling is supporting? Yeah, he's supporting. Hmm. Robert Downey Jr. is giving the best speech. That's all I know. Yeah. But yeah. he already has an Oscar, no? Does he have an Oscar? Uh, I know is, he's nominated it, for a role. He was nominated Thunder. for Chaplin. Uh, <laughs> no, and he, he was, was nominated, nominated for Tropic Thunder. But I don't think he won for either. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. And that would be a good one to see him snatch up. I, I look, I think he's really great in it. I would not be upset. I was not upset when he won yesterday. I still think it's a very stacked competition there. Yeah. It's not For over. Me, like there's still not tons over. of campaigning to do and uh the speeches I think are gonna play a role in it too. But I, I think the fact that he is so beloved, particularly because he's this intensely successful actor that so many have so many people have this big relationship to, not just through his work as Iron Man, but all the stuff that he did prior to Iron Man. True. And and that it's kind of in a way, this is sort of like a his time award. He's really good and, in the movie. And on that, isn't that better? That Nolan isn't getting his for The Revenant. He's getting it for something as cool as Oppenheimer. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And th- that's the thing. That's it's awesome. Like, yeah. It, it, it's a rare situation where the whole, like, it's time narrative seems to be lining up with, actually, this is a great performance and maybe one of the best of his career. I, I did think it was interesting when he pointed out during his speech the whole idea that, like, this is a whole subtler version of Robert Downey Jr. as if people are, like, grading his performance on a curve. But there is some of yeah. that baggage, too, because it is, it's such a different thing than what we're used to seeing him do. I liked when Strauss looked at the camera and said, I love you 3000. That was one of the best <laughs> dialogue scenes in Oppenheimer. But hey, uh, very good, very good night for Oppenheimer. I'm yeah. a little iffy on this next category that I know you're using for a transition. I don't know if it's got it. 
Yeah, I mean, Anatomy of a Fall definitely got some, one of the biggest boosts of the night, Crazy. winning not just one, but two Golden Globes, the best non-English language film, even though there is quite a bit of English language in it, and <laughs> a lot. the best screenplay award. That's the one that is really surprising because it was yeah. up in a category not just against Christopher Nolan and Oppenheimer, but Greta Gerwig and Barbie. And I believe uh, the Holdover script was nominated too. I could be wrong about that, but like some pretty strong screenplays in there. And yet they, uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association decides to go with Justine Trier. Uh, uh, I think uh, uh, they're not the HFPA anymore, my son. All right, right, right. Thank you for the correction. Bro, when that hit me on the second time, Alina looks at me and goes, what are they saying? And we both looked at each other and realized they just rebranded the HFPA to Globes Journalists? <laughs> yeah, it's a very Hollywood Creative Alliance type of move, if you ask me. But uh, If you ask me, the best presenter was Will Ferrell going out there saying the Golden Globes <laughs> haven't changed a bit. What a way to just get to that line. But yeah, keep going. Because another thing with the script is it's both original and adapted. They don't split it here. Yeah, that's the thing. So it that it's... Not just that they won screenplay, but they did it in a combined category. Seems mm -hmm. to suggest that there is a lot of love not for this movie and for the script uh, in yeah. a way that I think should be considered when it comes time to the Oscars. Because I have honestly been like under... Uh, underplaying the idea Duress. of Anatomy of Fall as a real contender, particularly after France decided to go with the taste of things instead of Anatomy mm -hmm. of a Fall. Like that sort of takes away the one nomination you can count on. But people are really responding to this movie. I think now that it's on VOD, also a lot of people are catching up with it and, and really diving into the film. Well, I think fan cams are going crazy. To, I think it's got a real shot to wind up getting a couple Oscar nominations. And we, we've seen... Uh, with the expanded academy that has a lot more international members that some international films do break through like all quiet on the western front got what was it like six oscar nominations last year mm -hmm. that yeah and wins like <laughs> that was a big part of it it, it was catching yeah. up things that we thought were going to go to other people yeah. um to to run it back for screenplay besides anatomy it was also barbie poor things oppenheimer Killers of the Flower Moon and Past Lives, no holdovers. All right, but still, those are some heavy hitters there in terms Very of screenplay. Very heavy hitters. And um, I know we're going to be talking about it more for the Oscars later, but this one would 100% fall in original, correct? I believe so, yeah, as far as I know. All right. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough one for Oppenheimer, I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> Non-English uh, also, does that put you at odds with some of the other ones that you may have had at the top of the list. Cause obviously it won't be in competition for international feature because it's not yeah. eligible at the Oscars for international feature, but up against something like the only two I'd count here is society of the snow and zone of interest because you and I don't count right. past lives in this category. Uh, yeah. I know you didn't care for fallen leaves as much, but like is anatomy of the fall going to take the thunder that zone of interest should have had because they did such a weird rollout that it's not even out in theaters from any right, people. Right. Like, like this, no other movie got the boost from the Golden Globes right? that it might have helped it. I don't know. I feel like Zone of Interest is kind of at a level that it's almost undeniable. Like it, it's, it is such a big, uh, well-received movie that I, I can't imagine it getting snubbed. Um, yeah, I don't know really who if this right. hurts any movie, but it definitely, you know, it's just weird because it doesn't help Anatomy of a Fall get into foreign film because it legally cannot or whatever. 
Yeah, so it's it's fighting a, a different battle for the Oscars. Yeah, I will say for Zone of Interest, I think you guys may have it already over in New York. They're premiering it at the Alamo Draft House, and I need you to picture that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I can't away. wait for I can't menu, wait for a waiter menu? to deliver me some chicken tenders in the middle of Crazy. like discussing the uh, way to optimize the incinerator. Ridiculous, Jeez. right? Yeah. Getting getting your order in while the, the sounds of the first minute are just drowning out everything. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. Please play it at a different theater. But yeah, um, yeah we'll see. It's going to be a completely different field when it comes to international film there. But good for Anatomy of a Fall. I, I like that the whole cast was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boy they were saying needs to be Adam Driver Jr. Agree completely. Yeah, that boy did I a just, great job in the movie. The dog did a great job in the movie. Everybody did a yeah. great job. Love the Snoops. Definitely need to get Snoop on stage at the Oscars. Yes, bro. Um, I thought she forgot Fifty Cent's name. <laughs> that would have been funny, but no. Um, I was randomly, a dog, yeah. Randomly though, speaking of that Fifty Cent uh, instrumental cover, that mm-hmm. new Michelle Yeoh show, Brother's Son, also uses the exact same cover. It's just having a moment. P I M P. Wow. Okay. Just bringing it back. You, you caught? Is the good sh- is the show good? It's fine. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I got one episode of it. Anyway, another winner from last night, uh, Poor Things, which hey. snatched the awards for Best Picture, Comedy or Musical, and Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. That Rightfully latter so. award in particular, I think, is interesting uh, and kind of puts Emma Stone on a battle path with uh, Lily Gladstone for the Oscar. You know, there was maybe there was maybe like some potential here for a Margot Robbie to sneak through in Barbie. But uh, it's just tough because I think that Emma Stone performance is so good and kind of the epitome of what she can do as an actress. It feels like this is should be a crowning moment for her. I agree because I'm one who believes she should have taken the twofer. Uh, she should have gotten one for movie and one for TV, and that would have been a fantastic night for her, for her to be able to right. flaunt that, because I think she's done the work for both. I mean, you and I even know she's got a short out there that she was also campaigning. She was doing anything possible after having a child to have one of the craziest comeback years, and I, mm-hmm. I, I think she should have swept every award. Looking at the comedy actress and the drama actress, I know uh, we have Lily as the winner for Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Emma Stone as winner for Poor Things. I yeah. thought this was a lock-in for her. I'm surprised for the category win of Best Picture Comedy. We'll get to that. But just to get an actress right here, we have 10 nominees here. I'm going to name them to you. You tell me if it's a shoo-in for nom. You tell me if it's a boot. Lily Gladstone. Shoo-in. <laughs> Annette Benning. I'm sorry. After it's, a, it's in the list. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to say no, but <laughs> weirder things have happened. Sandra Hewler, Anatomy of Fall. I'm starting to think it's going to happen. Especially has given it has to, yeah. Especially given how well uh, it did last night, I think it's going to happen. Hashtag Did she do it? Is a strong campaign right now. I'll just tell you that yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> Greta Lee. This is this is one I'm worried is going to get bounced, and it's I tough. really hope not because I love that performance. But I'm I would say right now I think she's not getting in. Whoa, I, that's going to be a tough one. Did you yeah. see her speech at the uh, critics? I believe. Yeah, it was excellent. Epic speech. Fantastic yeah. speech. Um, yeah. I, I feel like they might round her out at six. Carrie Mulligan. I think she gets in, and this is the slot that if I had my my say, even though I'd like that Carrie Mulligan performance a lot, I'd give it a Greta. Yeah. You and I, I think, are the very few who are appreciative of Carrie Mulligan's performance. A lot of people hate her. 
I've yeah. had a lot of a lot of white folk complain on Latinos' behalf for her. We appreciate <laughs> it. We do. But we like Carrie. <laughs> she's not Chilean. But she's not bad in the movie. It's not her fault. Yeah. Um, or maybe it is, but she still did good. Greta Lee, I would pick as well. I agree with you. So you're giving it to Carrie as a third spot. Mm-hmm. Maybe Greta. Kaylee mm-hmm. Spaney as Priscilla? Nah, I think that ship sailed. Booted? Okay. I'm yeah, a stump. I don't think Priscilla's so gonna count that. At the Oscars. I'm going to count That's... that one for you already right off yep. the bat. We're left with one more, and we're barely starting the comedy section right here, Zach. You just saw Fantasia in the Color Purple. Yes. Right? I, I liked her. I don't think she makes the cut. <sighs> Jennifer Especially Lawrence. The, not, not for no hard feelings. Not at the Oscars. That's a Golden Globes performance for sure. So then you're arguing with me because I'm not going to count the Fallen Leaves actress, Alma. You're no. arguing me between Fantasia in the Color Purple, Natalie Portman in May, December, and mm-hmm. Margot Robbie as Barbie. Mm-hmm. And I, I might go with Natalie Portman personally, but I think because of the success of Barbie, particularly because Margot Robbie is also a producer on that movie too. Yeah, Natalie Portman produced May, December, but uh, it wasn't as successful as Barbie. I, I think this is going to be a Margot Robbie spot. Uh, she is so great in Barbie too. Yeah. She is really good. She is. Yeah. I'd go Emma Stone at my top pick. Lily Gladstone, Sandra Huller, Nat, because we were close like that. Fantasia, yeah. then Margot. Ooh. Then okay. Greta. Okay. It's just it's too stacked. We, you, yeah. you and I have been saying, make it, make it bigger. Yeah, let's get eight nominees. That would feel a little bit more reasonable. All right. All right so, now, uh, in terms of comedy, though, it winning the comedy thing, did that not surprise you? Poor Things taking the best picture for comedy? Over May, December, the holdovers in Barbie? Bro, that's pretty big. That's pretty I, big. I, yeah, it's pretty. I thought it had a good shot. I thought it was going to be between the holdovers and poor things, but it felt like there was a lot of momentum going the holdovers way, and there still is. But it feels like maybe May December has more. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Poor things has more. Um, that's I don't know. interesting. It, yeah, I mean, I think the people who love. I think the difference maybe is that the people who love poor things like love the hell out of it. Like, there's people we do. Who, yeah. I don't know. The the people who, who put it on the top of their lists are, are like just really being champions of that movie in a way that I think carries through uh to award support. Over Barbie? Barbie wined and dined everybody yeah. though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's that's the old school Globes. Like if this was the mid 2000s, Barbie <laughs> probably would have won that category. But I guess they're trying to maintain a cleaner image now. Barbie Barbie to me feels like a movie that, um, and, and we'll get into this more in a second, but it feels to me like the movie um, that gets nominated for 10 Oscars but only wins one. Like The Irishman or The wow. Roma of this year. Barbie? Barbie. You saw Barbie actually broke the record for the most critic choice nominations, and then you realize that the critics' choice are who threw the most parties with them. Yep. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it did. It did get two though, right? It got a. Uh... Yes. Uh... <laughs> what did it get? Uh, so it got the original song Golden Globe, which so. went to yes, Billie so. Eilish for what As uh, What was I made for? And it mm-hmm. got the Best Cinematic and Box Office Achievement Award. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, granted, granted, I think this is like the correct winner in that category because... Really? 
Well, look, I think the award, what I understand the award to be is the most financially successful movie that's also good. And it was the most financially successful movie of last year. And it was also good. <sighs> but what if you have a gooder movie cinematically? <laughs> Does that compete against the box office? No, because this is a more box money. office achievement. And cinematic. <laughs> cinematic and box office. Can one have a higher here, not a lower there? So you how thought how does Oppenheimer should have won this? Or is this a, an era's tour uh, argument? I'm just saying if you're going to invite Taylor Swift, get her up on stage. I don't want to see her trending on Twitter because they're talking smack about Timothy Chalamet. I need oh her to God. speak. I need her up there. Yeah. Um, for me, Barbie is this, right? It's a toy movie. That ended up making a billion dollars. Yeah. Back in my day, we used to call that Transformers. <laughs> but this is better than Transformers. Come on. I'm not saying it's not better than Transformers. I'm just saying box office-wise, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, I hope they keep this category forever. You like this category? <laughs> I hope they do a spin-off award show for cinematic box office achievement. Yeah, they, we can call it the box office report, right? We can publish it it in variety. (laughs) (laughs) Forbes leads it. Uh, Oh, God. All right, let's talk about your favorite movie. I was just going to say, though, with with Barbie, I mean, it it was the most nominated movie at the Globes last night, but ultimately it was the Heimer half of Barbenheimer that ended up uh, taking home the most awards. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about my last winner for the evening. It is The Holdovers. And yes, it is partially because of this look that Dominic Sessa debuted. I'd be, be lying if it, it didn't clean. say it, uh, it, it didn't like speak to Caitlin in certain ways. <laughs> uh, it's, he's looking very, very like Julian Casablancas esque there, like a member, well, everyone, regular I, member of the Strokes. Yeah, they want to cast this boy as Bob Dylan already just off of the pictures <laughs> he took off the red carpet. Zach, if I see yeah. you strolling in. To Sundance like that, you gotta let me know. We'll go mansion. We'll be the Cecil Oh man, I'll, I'll buy the outfit now. Um, but yeah, it was a big night for the acting from the holdovers as well because I think everybody had anticipated that Divine Joy Randolph might win, given that it, she's been sweeping, just absolutely sweeping the critics' nominations. Uh, but getting the dual win with Paul Giamatti was a, a, a nice boost for oh, the nice. film as well. I agree. It's important uh, fact feel, also there. Do you feel like there's anybody who's really competing against Divine Joy Randolph at this point? Um, award-wise, no. True competition, competition. Mm-hmm. After all is said and done and we look back, uh, I think we will appreciate Julianne Moore's performance a lot. Yeah. Uh, I know we were kind of split on Danielle Brooks. I also do think Danielle Brooks was really good in the role as well. Mm-hmm. But the way that Divine gave that speech yesterday about the little inner moments of a bunch of people who are heard and that these are their stories to be told up on screen, I think showcases why it's impacted a lot of people. I have no problem with her winning. She is the heart of that movie. And just looking at the entire awards show, I hope she has a killer speech to give at the Oscars because it's hers to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think... I agree that it's hers to lose. And if, if if last night is an audition for your eventual Oscars speech, she absolutely nailed it. Like she's going to be beautiful um, speech. 
she's going to be great on that stage. So yeah, I, I kind of can't imagine anybody uh, beating Divine Joy Randolph. Even though I agree with you that Julianne Moore performance is is so incredible. It's so incredible that I keep seeing people Unreal. who are like she's the lead of that movie. And if you literally look at the screen time, she's in about twenty five percent of that movie. But you, I mean... you can't stop thinking about her. It's great, dude. It's great. Yeah. It's one of my favorite performances of the year. Yeah. Uh, Paul Giamatti ended up ho- taking home the Globe over Timothy Chalamet, Nicolas Cage, okay. Matt Damon, right. Joaquin Phoenix. I think the Not only fair. real kind of competitor there is Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. And he did. And he was the happiest. Kinda, yeah. I mean, it just seems like. It, this is going to be the end of like the hopes for Jeffrey Wright winning, but hopefully he gets at least into the nominees. Yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright is working on a completely different level for that, for sure. But he was the happiest when he heard Paul's name get called out. He was he was there. He was not doing. Um, there there was a couple of uh, reactions that we got from last night. He was not pulling the maestro. I will just say that he did not. <laughs> he yeah, did not I pull mean, a Bradley Cooper. Just straightforward and just did the little clap. I feel like Jeffrey Wright and Paul Giamatti have had very similar trajectories as these like very reliable but underused character actors who who have the gravitas to lead films but often are just supporting players in them. So yeah. th- there must be a little the... bit of like recognition in each other. Between the two, yeah, they respect their crafts for sure. They both seem like yeah. people who, who understand each other in that sense. Um, They're probably the only ones who also laughed at the character actor joke that Joe mm-hmm. Coy decided to make at the top of the show. Can we, can, look, let's just get that one out of the way. You want to skip to Joe Coy? Just, just to get it out right here, why not? Because we're right. at the minute mark on our podcast where he had completely disappeared from the show. Yo, this man got raptured midway through the ceremony. He bombed so hard in that opening. And you and I, we know our comedians well enough to mm-hmm. know that this wasn't a schmuck that came out of nowhere. This mm-hmm. is a man who's built his career to make it all the way to the top. Some people don't recognize yeah. him. They thought he was the waiter. No, Joe Coy <laughs> is a world-renowned comedian. Absolutely. Filipino roots, he comes in. I was rough, bro. It was really and he's been rough. at it for I, a little bit. Yeah, I've never seen someone bomb their award show monologue that bad. I mean, I, I really wasn't a fan of Hassan Minaj's Indie Spirit Award monologue, but at mm-hmm. least it was like jokes. Like it had the construction of jokes. jokes. Failed, there was yeah. delivery and punchline. It kind of just felt like Joe Koi was was talking about stuff. Like it, it was so uh, poorly p- poorly rehearsed and and poorly assembled and, and just un- uh, unpracticed, I would say. I don't know. It's it's funny because like, yeah, he's a comedian who has a lot of experience. He's like, a, he's constantly nah. touring, right? He's not like looking for. He doesn't need more of an audience, right? He's filling uh, the places he books. I, I've known that's him for a, a long. No, that's a great point. Yes, it's he wasn't here as like a favor. Yeah, uh, he was there as a favor. Like he doesn't need it. I know right. people don't know him and they think he was just some person that they got. He he's good on his own. Yeah, I mean, look, I I, my, um, I found out about him first through my friend Ben, who you know, who's a Filipino American. So obviously, there's like that Filipino connection there. Uh, Joe is a performer who like really leans on that aspect in his comedy, yeah. and I think one of the things he kind of ran into here was like the he the struggle with that. crossing over, right? Like you, he he didn't have the ability to do yeah. any of his usual bits. And he tried to play in a different arena that he was less familiar with, 
and he just didn't he didn't have the material like he he had a joke about how Oppenheimer is three hours long as if that isn't a thing that's been discussed at, at you know, ad nauseum already. He, you know, he's treating it like it's the, this obscure art house movie and not something that made a billion dollars at the box office and that the DVDs are flying off the shelves for. This isn't the power of the dog. He had a joke about Killers of the Flower Moon that belittled it with him clearly not having seen Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Saying it directly to Martin Scorsese's face while trying to suck off Robert De Niro. That was embarrassing. One thing that you and I hate the most out of comedians is mm-hmm. have some respect for the movies. That's the when thing, you have no right? respect for the movies and the punchline you're doing against them is also not funny. How? And it's he was doing this thing where he was like stating something that's a fact but trying to deliver it like to, like it's a joke and then being surprised yeah. that nobody laughed at it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, look, he did that Margot Robbie one. Where mm-hmm. he thought, he, oh, I fell in love with a plastic doll. And everyone's like, this is uncomfortable. And the delivery was so botched that by the time he went, ha, 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 I was looking at Ryan Gosling. Nobody cared, bro. You had exactly. Harrison Ford rolling his eyes. It was a mess. I'll tell you what's worse. It's not because he couldn't cross over. I saw Easter Sunday, his movie. Mm-hmm. I saw him on the Netflix uh, improv thing where everyone came prepared. This was just the stand-up that they did last fall. He has this thing where he thinks that he is so God, like God has blessed him completely. All yeah. of his talents are God given that he doesn't try anymore when he goes up there. He thinks it's just supposed to flow through him. Right. And nothing pisses me off more than taking for granted the opportunities that you have and butchering your comedy. This man did an immortal sin in comedy. He brought up how many times, Zach? I didn't write these jokes. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Throwing no. his writers under you the bus. You don't throw like, the writers under the bus because yeah. you should barely even be admitting that other people writing your jokes. If I could speak, I was so disappointed by Joe Coy. Yeah. So disappointed. It was, it was embarrassing. It was genuinely it was embarrassing in a way that like word shows sometimes can be embarrassing, but not this. Level. Like it's, it's going to have an adverse effect on his career, I think. But... <sighs> I don't know, man. I don't uh, think anyone tunes in like that for any of this, but it, it was pretty bad. After last year, what Gerard did, which was completely mm-hmm. different, right? That was giving them a spanking. He said he got hired 10 days, like you mentioned. Yeah. Nobody wanted to do this gig. No, but see, here, here's the thing, though. It's like, ideally, the, the gig goes well. In most cases, it's forgettable, right? Like, you, some people don't, you don't even remember that they hosted award shows. He's now got a reputation as the guy who completely bombed the Golden Globes. There's a lot of people who are going to be like, oh, that guy from now it's on with Yes. Him. It's also the jokes that he made, right? Because, like, you're saying yeah. a, a big population is going to see him as that. You just mm-hmm. ticked off the Swifties. The Swifties hate him after last night. That one mm-hmm. reaction she did after that NFL joke about cutting away. First of all, he couldn't even complete the joke. <laughs> Second, they cut to her and she's rolling her eyes. So now everybody's saying that when she was taking a picture, she was calling him an asshole. Like mm-hmm. this jerk right here. It's Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah. A lot of bad eyes from a lot of people who saw you for yeah. the first time. I just don't get how, as a comedian, you don't have a joke in your back pocket about bombing worse than Oppenheimer. But anyway, we can move on to some of the other losers from the evening, which included, as you mentioned, Maestro. (laughs) Stop, And Bradley Cooper. Other competitors. 
<laughs> there are a lot of cutaways to Bradley Cooper making this exact expression, just sort of like trying to to hide the discomfort behind a smile. And I, so I do funny. think sometimes people read too much into the whole like Bradley Cooper's trying really hard to to get an Oscar thing. Nah, he is, but, bro. He is. But it, but it was so set up perfectly for it last night. Bro, you and I like Maestro. Mm-hmm. I'm still laughing at every Bradley Cooper meme that comes out. It is. It's funny. Everybody just loved him for A Star is Born, right? Y'all mm-hmm. change your tune really quick. That's why I'll laugh at the jokes with everybody. But when has it ever mattered that someone wanted an Oscar that, that much? Laugh at the thirst that he has. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it was a, a, a bad performance or that he's a bad actor because he's a very good actor. Mm-hmm. I saw him still smile after he lost to Killian. He's a pretty good actor in my book. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it'll happen eventually for him, I'm sure, but definitely not on this go around. Um, Another film that went home with zero wins was Past Lives. I wonder if we're at the point in the Past Lives campaign, despite it sort of being the unanimous choice for best movie from the first half of 2023, that it's just kind of like going to be happy to get a few nominations, you know, sneak into screenplay and picture and maybe actress. But I don't feel like Celine Song is, is, uh, should be expecting to go home with any Oscars gold. No, but it's the Gotham's, Indies, New York critic circles. Yeah. It's got all the press circles, so it's got that prestige for it. So for what the movie was kind of designed for, if you want to say it that way, I think it already fulfilled what it needed to. Totally. I mean, it's it's an A24 movie that didn't have a big budget or anything, so it's already punching way above its weight class. And for sure. the thing that matters is that people have really connected with it. It's a great movie. So It's been recognized um, at least, right? That's the important part. Yeah. I think we just we harbored a suspicion that it might make its way all the way to the Oscars stage. And I, I just don't know if it's going to do that, but I'll, I'll be really happy. Not, when wait, it gets wait, a even couple... for knobs? No, no, no stay, that's why I said stage. Oh, okay. Right? okay like, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. I still think it'll get a couple noms and I'll be really happy for it there. That, yeah, that's, I, I, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'll still make it. And that, that in and of itself is a feat. I truly believe that it's an honor just to be nominated. So absolutely. Was killers of the flower moon a loser last night? It was nominated for a few awards, but the only one it picked up was Lily Gladstone. You mentioned that you think it has a shot in Best Picture. Do do you feel like uh, less confident in that after the Golden Globes? Uh, It comes out on Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. I think people are finally going to have a resurgence talking about it. Mm -hmm. I see people breaking down the ending now as if it hasn't been already broken down since week one, but nobody wanted to hear it. Right. So I think it's only going to build in its campaign. I think it's going to build in its importance. I think it's going to still be my lock-in for picture. Nolan can take director. And it's just going to be up for Lily Gladstone versus uh, Emma Stone. Uh, Emma for poor, poor things. Yeah, That'll Battle be really of the Stones, I guess. I did just relings. Kind of, yeah. That. Gladstone versus Stone. Okay. That'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I don't want to, I think sometimes in the whole like Oscar punditry thing, people want to take one awards body voting and, and extrapolate that to mean like this is what everybody's thinking. So yeah, like Killers didn't win that much at the Golden Globes, but the Oscars and other award shows, yeah. they're, they're awarding a more vast uh, part of the film experience, right? There's no production design Golden Globe. There's no uh, or, there's no um, uh, costume design Golden Globe and stuff like that. So I still think that Killers is uh, one of the major 
players, and it still could be a factor in the best picture race for sure. I'm also arguing for supporting. Uh, I'm also for, just saying. What, Kara or something? Who no, are we talking supporting. about? Supporting. Oh, da- uh, De Niro. De Niro. Okay, okay. He killed it. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, I can't choose, man. It's, it's supporting's too hard, man. I can't choose. Don't make me choose. Uh, my last loser of the evening was a winner because my loser is Ricky Gervais. Okay. Can we talk about that clip that they used for Armageddon? Was that Ricky Gervais or was that Tim Heidecker doing a parody of a right-wing comedian? Like, what is going on with Ricky Gervais's career? Yes. Uh, so I saw that entire special. Because it got nominated before it was released. And, What'd um, you think? I am so tired of comedians trying to explain comedy to you. Just do the comedy. Right? It was better than his last one. His last one was egregious. <laughs> this one was fine. He does better with crowd work. Yeah, I guess. No, when you think just... about it, nobody tells you that Ricky Gervais set. They tell you what? When he hosted a award show. Right. They do. Yeah. He's never really, I've never really responded to his stand-up material. Like, he's a fantastic a bunch of people writer, in the room obviously. Clapping. Like, look at the shows that he's helped spawn. But yeah, like, it's so, it's so self-indulgent and so self-congratulatory because when he isn't complaining about, like, the things you can't say, but I said them, he's also, like... For the like, fifth time, right? He's, he's also, like, blowing smoke up his own ass about the shows he's made. Yeah. Like, nah, just... Uh, again, I just think he does better crowd work than he does comedy because a lot of comedians right now are not doing comedy. They're just doing reaction talks. Yeah. That's weird to me. Yeah, so Good for I him, can't I believe that those were the nom- I can't believe that those were the nominees for the first stand-up Golden Globe, but Yeah, I was so confused biggest- when they Go ahead. Just the the biggest joke is that he won it. <laughs> like it's that's maybe the worst one they could have picked. It, but it was such a bad category. You and I had a pick that didn't even make it. Yeah. Also on Netflix, that should have been the one that got nominated. John Lady, with, uh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody else here was rough. Like the Wanda Sykes one wasn't even funny. She just recapped mm. what happened since 2020. Like what? I I, I didn't really understand that. Yeah, but I saw lots of people I, I, not responding to that latest Nate Bargatze special. Like why isn't that up there? Hell yeah, bro. Nate's been funny. They even got yeah. him on SNL. I, I don't know. There was a lot of Santas from last year that they could have put on there. They decided to do that. I did find it funny that I guess after they got just mopped last year with a comedian, they decided, I, I think you tweeted this, very few categories actually got snippets. And it was like they were stroking the ego of the comedians. Yeah. Here's a whole 30 seconds for a, Why a joke. Why is this Why? the category where we need to see clips for? Why Can I see some of the acting nominees? Do yeah, acting? I was both impressed. I'm like, for sure, honor comedians, but like, I'm sorry, why? Why don't we get any acting clips? It was very weird. It. Very yeah. weird. But um, uh, who presented that one? Jim Gaffigan, who reminded everybody that he's not a pedophile. <laughs> Hey, at least he didn't do his hot pockets bit again. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, I- I'm looking oh, forward speaking to that of, Speaking of uh, microwaved meals, my favorite part of that whole bit was when they introduced uh, Jim Gaffigan as from the upcoming Netflix film, Unfrosted the Pop-Tart Story. <laughs> what is Like, I know we're in the era of corpo biopics or whatever, but what is going um, on? That is a 30 Rock title if I've ever heard one. Let me, let me hit you on with one better, bro. The best presenter of the night, and I know you will agree, was Yellowstone himself. (laughs) 
I don't know what happened between Kevin Costner and America Ferrera, but that was the absolute biggest bomb of the night. Yeah. Only because they didn't go for a monologue did what's his name uh not take the the cake for the worst. But Kevin Costner literally shut her down. I don't know what the bit was supposed to be, but it went sideways. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, it, first of all, it was a bit that required him specifically quoting the dialogue from Barbie. But it feels like Kevin Costner just decided to not look at the teleprompter, which makes yeah. quoting dialogue a lot more difficult. Right. And then everyone's seeing what he's supposed to say off the teleprompter. And he's just saying it weird. So they're all laughing at him and he knows so then she tries to ad lib and he literally just said, move on. The only thing funnier than that would have been, and, and I've been saying this for a minute. Um, well, I'll say Carrie Russell, Ray Romano. Solid bit. Oh, that was a great bit. In fact, I, I want to, uh, I want to mind that a little bit. Uh, cause I was thinking about our issue with Joe Coy, you know, I found out he was hosting the Golden Globes when I tuned into them. I don't know if you had the same experience that I did. I had no idea they had picked I found out 10 days ago. <laughs> when did it happen? As I was like, why is this so late? So honestly, almost around the same time. <laughs> so I actually compiled a list of people who I thought might be better suited to host not just the Golden Globes, but the Oscars. Because I don't think the Oscars have announced a host either yet. Or did, I'm going to put it to you this Kimmel way. Again? You're going to mention, I think it's Kimmel again. I think you're right, but... Who wants to see Kimmel I don't host want to be yet right. another Nobody Oscars. wants yeah. to see Kimmel again. You're right. It is I'm Kimmel gonna, again. I'm gonna, you're going to say two comedians who presented during this. Yeah. Please. Well, no, I, I'm not going to say Kristen Wiig and Will uh, Ferrell, if that's what you're thinking. Because of course as much what as, I'm thinking. As much as they would be perfect, as much as they absolutely kill every time they go up to present together, Hell I yeah. kind of get the feeling that they would have done it by now if they wanted to. I think they might be a little bit too big for that gig, given that they are they both just, Yeah, they come into them stars. and go, you get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you like that bit? I thought it was really funny. I think they kill every bit that they're in. I, yeah. I still quote the you get out of here bit with <laughs> Myro's Streep. It's fantastic. And this new one was, was great, too. Yeah. They they joke on vibes. Yeah. It, it, that's the thing. It's like just they let sort it of like the energy that they bring is funny in itself that, that yeah. you don't even necessarily need like the jokes to be that clever. They just bring it. They weren't even saying lines. They had the whole audience cracking up. All right. But hit me. All right. Uh, my first pick is a duo. And I'm not so sure how familiar you are with uh, both of them together, but you might know Bowen Yang from SNL. Uh, I picked mm -hmm. the Las Culturistas duo of Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers. I think they're really funny. They also have that podcast, Las Culturistas. They're really firmly like uh, absorbers of pop culture and commentators okay. on it. Bowen Yang's got a letterbox that he keeps up with too. We need hosts who are funny and care about the movies. And I okay. guarantee you that these guys would uh, match that assignment. Yeah. I can see Bowen Look, Yang bringing that respectability to the craft itself. Exactly. And they're, they're Swifties. They would have had Taylor jo Swift jokes prepared that she d wouldn't get mad about. That would have been good. Worked yeah. Out. yeah. All right, Congrats. another pick I have is Nicole Byer, who, aside from hosting uh, Netflix's Nailed It, 
also was the host of the Creative Arts Emmys not so long ago. So she has award show hosting experience. I think she's got like a fun, bubbly energy and just kind of can help pick the mood up in a way that is useful for an award show, particularly when you're getting into hour three, that her voice is going to just generate some enthusiasm. Okay. Um, I also have another duo uh, that you are familiar with. Uh, how about Tim Robinson and Sam Richardson? The Detroiter <laughs> boys. In years. That would never in a million years happen. If I these think it would be hosts, really hilarious. These two hosts were sneaking in through the TikTok lounge, whatever <laughs> they will allow us in. I mean, Do look, you understand how uh, awkward. Sam has experience hosting the Baby of the Year Awards. <laughs> oh, well, if you put it that way, okay. I don't know. I, they're just like the funniest guys out right now. Like it, it, what show is funnier than I think you should leave. And, and uh, what you need in an award show is like quick, funny bits. And that's what I think you should leave is. I think it kind of would work. I agree. I don't know. I just don't think they'll ever do it. Yeah, I don't think they'll do it either. Maybe they would consider Aubrey Plaza. She hosted the uh, Indie Spirit Awards a couple years ago and I thought was great. I think she's got the right energy for the Golden Globe, she could kind of match the the boozier kind of vibe. Yeah, um, I definitely don't not think the Oscars, she... though. Exactly. Um, somebody else who might be good for the Golden Globes was there last night and is a previous winner. I kind of feel like Rami would would be really uh, well suited for this kind of gig. You know, he he's uh, a cultured guy, but he's also like a very clever stand-up comedian who is extremely comfortable on stage. You know, we, mm-hmm. we saw him last time you were in New York and he's very good with rolling with the punches. I think he could do crowd work and actually ex- excel in it, not just be like weirdly mean. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I could see Remy doing it. I'm not sure he like Remy. is super into that idea, but if he'd want to, or if he's big enough or I guess yeah. the, the push of it, but no, Remy would, but would, would kill it easily. I yeah. think I remember when he first won his first globe or Emmy, he went up there and he had said, uh, some of you, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> some of you just <laughs> give me your order on the way up. Yeah. I just mentioned Nate Bargatze, you know, yeah. he's just, bro, he's I think good. he's a comedian on the rise and that's the kind of profile that I think these award shows should really be going yeah. after. No, he's been he's he's had back to back to back really great specials. He's family friendly. I think he's able to bring everybody in and have that edge where if you're not going to go full Ricky Gervais, mm-hmm. then you need to at least embody the love and just the normal perspective of these movie campaigns and, and, and movie awards and stuff. Because for a lot of people, it, it, you know, they don't watch every movie. They don't know all the subculture of stuff. And he kind of brings that Midwestern just perspective i think he's more southern but just that idea of like your regular average viewer who isn't tuning into these things would actually give it a watch he could kind of be like an audience surrogate and i think he would do it in a way that doesn't make it feel like you're being disrespectful to the institution because he's kind of like he's a charming sweet guy yeah yeah all right my last two are more leaning into the like messy reputation that the Golden Globes might be trying to leave in the rear view mirror, but I don't know. I still think it's fun. This one isn't a comedian, but I just think that like he would get the, the spectacle and the kind of celebrity uh, centric nature of the night. I honestly think that Andy Cohen would be all right. It's not who I would choose, but if we're choosing between Joe Coy and Andy Cohen, I know who would do a better job. You know, I had a new year's resolution. 
and now it's to not see him until the next New Year's Eve thing. So thank you for bringing him up 360 <laughs> some days. Look, I still got pl- you got plenty of time to not see his face. Uh, oh. I think the next person, though, you'll be a better fan of because if we're talking about the Ricky Gervais legacy, who better than Z-Way? <laughs> somebody, somebody who knows how to put celebrities into uncomfortable spots and do it in a way that is still funny. I think. Um, I, hey, I think she bro. would be the a great inheritor to that Ricky Gervais legacy and somebody who kind of can make it fresh too. I want to. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. But those are private. Half the time you can, if you turn up the volume on the back speakers, the guests got her people laughing more than she's got the people laughing. <laughs> so I'm very curious how she would be on a on a live actual mm-hmm. performance because we've always just seen her on a set. Hell yeah, I would love it. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that would be a pretty pretty good comparison especially like she can have her stuff pre-written you know i hope hopefully she can manage in the moment i hope i don't know (laughs) and i think she's just much better suited to stuff like this than talking to george santos if we're serious but uh those are the people who i think would be good for the golden globes the five choices i have for the oscars i'm starting with somebody we just talked about earlier john mulaney as well as nick kroll who were excellent i'll take take mulaney they were they were excellent as co-hosts of the Indie Spirit uh-huh. Awards, so I'm hoping they can re- bring back that energy. They're, they've just got a good uh, partnership, comedic partnership, and Mulaney in particular, I think, would be great for that yeah. kind of a gig. Get Mulaney up in the front. He could do the coat check in the back. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned one of your favorite presenters of the night was Ray Romano. I kind of think he could take the reins for a whole ceremony. You know, he has a long storied career as a stand-up comedian, so he's comfortable yes, delivering jokes on stage. He's also somebody who has graduated into the film world and has, mm-hmm. you know, some real bona fides as an actor on his under his belt. I think he'd be really fun in that kind of a role. And committed to that bit completely. Uh, they were the yeah. best ones. It, it had a full first, second, and third act to that presentation. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's how it used to be done. Uh, this is maybe similar to the Kristen Wig Will Ferrell suggestion, but I'm going to go with Maya Rudolph. I, I kind of don't know why this hasn't happened already. She is so like effortlessly funny and uh, multi-talented, and she's got connections to the film world. You know, she's Paul Thomas Anderson's wife. That that alone should be enough to get her some Oscar cred, right? Um, I think she'd be really... I feel like she tends to do her presentations with people. Like there's the famous one with Tiffany Haddish. There's the famous one with Kristen Wiig. Maybe you pair her up with somebody, but I think you just got to like, just get her at least. No, her and Paul. Oh, I'd love that. You know, I would love that. Paul would love that. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think Andy Samberg would be good at it. He did the Emmys back in 2019 with the Lonely Island team producing for him. And I think he's got, like, again, talking about the whole idea of short-form comedy being a good training ground for something like this. He's got good bits. And I think yeah, I actually that's, like that. yeah. That'd be that's good. what you need for a role like this. So I, th- I yeah. think he'd succeed at it. And then my last choice is maybe a bit of an old school choice, but I'm just mostly surprised it hasn't happened yet. Why has Conan O'Brien never hosted the Oscars? Hey. Is there like an, a more effortlessly smart and clever man out there? Like his podcast is just a gem. Killing it. And, it, and I don't know, man. I, I think that he would be so incredible in the role, but wow. he's never really got the shot. Nah, I mean, that's that's my favorite late night guy ever. Yeah. Easily. Same. For sure. Same. All in. 
So we're going with Z-Way for the Golden Globes and Conan for the Oscars? Z-Way and Conan O'Brien to host everything from the Emmys down to the Grammys. There we go. We didn't do Grammys one too, bro. I can't keep seeing Trevor Noah at the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a reason I didn't put him on my long list. But um, <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so oh, uh, those I'm are my suggestions. Up, yeah. Don Cheadle has no business being as funny as he is. I'm gonna tell you right now. Run it back. He mm-hmm. set up Kate Beckinsale to say that final line. <laughs> he there's a few people who I think need to be presenters at every single award ceremony. I think that Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig need to be at every ceremony. Every I think single that one. They should Man bring back it. Billy Crystal for the, every Oscars to present oh, something. Mm-hmm. Don Cheadle is like close to that status. He's so nah. good in a deadpan delivery. He is the best and he's actually underrated. He is yeah. up there. with. He's better than some comedians, dude. I, I have no other way to put it. Yeah. I think like uh, the way Regina Hall commits to a bit. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a great comparison. He has had viral moments where people think that it's real. He's he's the funniest one. He's great. <laughs> All right, so let us know who you think would be a good host for the Golden Globes, for the Oscars, maybe just somebody you want to see present, or if you had any thoughts on the Golden Globes. Uh, there are, are there any other things that we should talk about before we move to a few other award stories? We didn't mention that Boy and the Heron beat Spider-Verse for animated film. Um, we kind of skipped uh, well, over Debicki and the Crown, but... I don't know. I'm the not Bicky was good the in the crown. I mean, I know that she. We had mentioned that. I remember you were going through everybody in that category, and I was like, "Bro, there's someone from the crown, crown in here. She's, yeah. she's gonna take it." Good for the Bicky. You know, she she started off as uh, doing a lot of supporting stuff, and I think it's still supporting, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But Get with a word recognition, yeah. Um, I'd just say overall, uh, some of the stats in Oppenheimer being the one with the most wins movie wise, five to all the other movies doing two. So that's pretty yep. impressive, right there. Notable. Uh, hopefully, stays the same. Succession obviously coming out on top with nine over uh, the second place being the bear and only murders with five each um but just overall i think they did a really good job in presenting a lot of the categories um in terms of the presenters you had a lot of hit or misses but the ones that that were recognizable were pretty recognizable uh yeah i think that's pretty much it unless you had something else to say for the holdovers because when it comes down to the top two the last category to really break down is killian versus paul giamatti yeah, I mean, those seem to be the front runners, at least for now, heading into the Oscars. And um, it's hard for me to choose personally because I, I feel to. like I feel like such a warmth towards both those actors. And I, I don't know, it, it it's, uh, feels like what you say today way. will be the truth. <laughs> Speak it. I'm going to go with Paul Giamatti. I think Paul earned it. Uh, I, this is similar to what my argument was with Robert Downey Jr. is a nice mix of it feels like it's time to award this guy. And also this is like one of his iconic performances. This is it's so Paul Good Giamatti in his bag that I think. I it, like it, that. It, yeah, because you don't you don't want Paul Giamatti to win for for some random, you know, for some random performance. You <laughs> I was trying to think of like the last thing I've seen Paul Giamatti in, but it's like billions being, you know, ordered around by a dominatrix. He's not going to win an Oscar for that. They said he's dating the girl from billions. Yeah. Love finds us in the most mysterious ways. Shout out, Paul. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's move on to some other awards topics, starting with the Creative Arts Emmys, which confusingly Uh, were also last weekend. It was uh, a bunch of below-the-line awards for Emmys getting uh, doled out, and then above-the-line awards being handed out at the Golden Globes. 
Um, several several TV shows took home multiple awards, but the big winner on the night was The Last of Us, which took home a total of eight. Oh. I think the most notable one, or at least the one that I saw most people celebrating, was Nick Offerman's win for guest actor in a drama series for wow. uh, iconic episode three. But Art, uh, I don't know if you saw many of these awards or the winners, but did any stand out to you? Um, I did not get to see many of them, but I know that uh, Deadpool, what's his name one? For Wrexham? Because I saw him oh, on yeah. my page talking about getting a shout out there. <laughs> yeah. An interesting one I'd bring up to you is this idea that the Emmys, television, gave an award to still a Michael J. Fox story. A documentary that has also been shortlisted for the Oscars. Yeah, I don't really... It's bizarre, right? Because in this weird nether That's zone... cheating. Where like... Is it TV? Is it movies? Is it both? Who's to say? Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, Good they streaming. did put it in theaters because they, they need weird. to put it in theaters in order to have an Oscar qualifying run. But does them putting it in theaters For mean sure. that it should then be yeah. disqualified from TV awards? Well, no, right. because some so then what is the delineation? What is the theaters as like a spe- right? It's because so, you. Know, I don't oh, know. Gosh, I don't. I don't know. It's it's hard to figure out like what the dividing line should be. I know that to me personally, it feels like cheating, but at the same time, like it is an award for for TV documentary, right? Like it's not like they're they're lying about it uh, not being a documentary. They're just sort of lying about it being made for TV. And it's yeah. What, what? Yeah, where should it count? And the craziest part is that you and I just consider it top five no matter what. Um, not particularly. I mean, I, I did find I did find it interesting that The Last of Us did so well. In circling back to our point about Succession and the Bear mm. dominating at the Golden Globes, I do think that there is a, a world in which the Emmys award The Last of Us instead of Succession. Um, and given that it has a bunch of you. You don't think so? No. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> what? I, I don't know, you man. Th- I'm surprised do some weird you think shit so. Sometimes. <laughs> sure. I guess. How weird. But, well, I don't know, man. That's successful. We will see. Um, I'm not saying that that's what I would like bet on, but it's not something that I'm going to be surprised by if it happens. Okay. What did he clean up with just, just by, uh, you were saying Nick Offerman? You were, you were mentioning a couple stuff. How much succession great question. competition uh, did they it, have in those categories? It did beat succession in casting for a right? drama series. Um, I uh, it okay because there's many people outstanding contemporary costumes from a series also against succession. Oh, wait, did it win those categories? I'm actually maybe I'm wrong. I don't think it won those categories. So so ignore me. Um, yeah, White Lotus okay. and Wednesday won those categories. It won. Pro- outstanding prosthetic makeup, which it probably did better than Succession. Well, you, you know, <laughs> maybe, uh, um, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I th- I'm assuming guest actor. There were some Succession people in there too. It won outstanding visual effects, which again is not something that I think it's competing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I was? Which surprised again, Succession by? probably had down um, Oh, got outstanding main title design. Uh, uh, I was surprised that Nicholas Bertel sure. didn't pick up 
uh, best original music for a TV show. That one went to the White Lotus instead. Yeah. And that's wrong. That man for the White Lotus has won way too many awards for that. It's the same beat. Yeah. For both it's seasons. A, it's a remix. Like, congrats. It's you, a remix. You, you dropped the remix. And I, and I mess with the remix, but Nick Bertel comes in every single time. Yeah. He does he does a, what Michael uh, Giacchino did with that Lost score, mm-hmm. where it's the same notes but like sad, same notes but like ha- same notes but like thrilling. He's he's been doing that with the Succession score every single season. Yeah, and to see him lose is yeah. You said once for the last four seasons. Yeah, he won for the season one music, and then he hasn't won again since, which That's is crazy right. considering that it's That's the not right. be- it's some of the best original music made for media ever. Wow. I don't know, man. That's so good. I finally found a category that The Last of Us beat Succession in. Outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or drama series oh one hour. Oh, my gosh. So now comedies and dramas are the same. Okay. <laughs> Uh, a shout out to Storm Reed. Uh, Pink Sweets is mentioning in the shout live stream Storm that Reed. Storm also won from The Last of Us. Mm. They did not win the guest supporting. Who who wants guest? Uh, the brothers in that one episode. No, it was Nick Offerman who beat all The Last of Us and Succession people, and then it was Storm <laughs> Reed who again beat. A bunch of Last of Us and Succession people. Okay, well, I guess I guess they still got the award, but yeah, I would have given it. I guess Nick Offerman had the whole episode to himself, so <laughs> he had a little more room to work with. Yeah, a little more room. All right, well, that's yeah. interesting. Creative Art Emmys are those even streamed? I don't know. I don't think so, but I'd imagine in it's twenty twenty three, it's twenty twenty four, right? They should stream these things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when are the they only work in media art Emmys? <laughs> uh, those are next week. Next week, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in. Uh, the Oscars also announced some short oh, lists. Oh, let's go. Yeah, the short lists for 10 different categories, including a couple that we play, pay significant attention to, those being documentary feature, international feature, some more that we will get into. But I do want to start with those two big ones. Uh, documentaries, they named 15 movies to the short list. Those movies include... American Symphony, Apollonia, Apollonia, Beyond Utopia, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, Going to Mars, The Nikki Giovanni Story, Stamped from the Beginning, Still a Michael J. Fox Story, A Still Small Voice, 32 Sounds, 20 Days in Mariupol, and four other documentaries that we haven't mentioned on Intercut. If you've been paying attention to Intercut, you knew 11 of them. In the rear view, I mentioned. Take one off. Uh, to Kill a Tiger in 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 the rear view, Desperate Souls, Dark City, and The Legend of Midnight Cowboy, and then Bobby Wine, The People's President. Beautiful. Yeah, so those are f- the 15 movies that have been shortlisted for documentary, and uh, I guess we talked about 12 of them on the last year of the show. Not bad. That's pretty solid for our track record. Hey, I'll say I mentioned Bobby Wine, the People's President, and I said I didn't see it. So I'm going to count <laughs> my top five. Yeah, shoot. Four daughters going to Mars. Still Michael J. Fox. A still small voice. 20 Days of Maripol. Those are my picks. I've got a Just very personal. similar top five. I went with the eternal memory over going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni story, just because I felt Fair. like while I really liked going to Mars, I think I liked her 
the subject more than I the necessarily structure or presentation of the documentary, whereas Eternal Memory, I think I like the filmmaking a little bit more there. Mm-hmm. But I also have four daughters, still a, a small, still a Michael J. Fox story, a still small voice, and 20 Days in Mariupol in my final five. Beautiful. My sneakers would be American Symphony. And in the rear view, I can see in the rear view getting in there for sure. Yeah. I thought you also really liked uh, Apollonia Apollonia a bunch. That was pretty good. I'm surprised yeah. we made it this way. I'm, I'm excited because I was like one of the first ones that I put on for uh, Tribeca. And I was yeah. like, damn, look at you make it all the way. 32 yeah, sounds. Yeah. Don't even get it twisted. I don't know if you remember this documentary. I do. South by 2022. Yeah. That's two years after the fact. That's mm-hmm. one where the movie begins and it tells you to put on headphones because the whole movie is supposed to be a sonic adventure. Very interesting movie. Crazy to see it here after Wait, all these this- years. Was that South by or was it Sundance? Because I feel like I remember us booting it up on Alina's laptop. Uh, I remember catching it at South by. It could have played at Sundance as one of the. Um, uh, the that was like the, the Harry VR Potter house stuff. year. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, if it was that year, it would have been even before. Actually, you're right. It might have been there. Yeah. I just uh, remember any, seeing it a part of South by. Any documentaries that you feel were snubbed? I know there's a few that we both enjoyed from this year or at least appreciated. I'll start with um, Dehumani Corporis Fabrica, the film that I most wanted to walk out of, but only because it was so affecting and disgusting to to watch its uh, depiction of the human body. I, I don't know. It was It's a stunning piece of filmmaking. I kind of think it at least should have been shortlisted. Also, yeah. uh, we both found King Cole to be really uh, powerful and ethereal and mysterious and beautiful. Um, I would have liked to seen that one shortlisted. I think the biggest snub for me is Kokomo City, just a vibrant documentary Everyone, that depicts yeah. the lives of uh, black trans sex workers, a really, really great documentary. And then I also really liked Smoke Sauna Sisterhood, which is from Estonia and uh, I think is incredibly powerful in the way that it's uh, put together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know me. I got so many. I can mention uh, Great Photo, Lovely Life was the last minute one that we saw off HBO. Incredible, fantastic movie. Put that on your radar if you have not. I agree with you on Smokes on a Sisterhood. I'm going to double that up with uh, Against the Tide, a movie that I think got like short, short listed before Mm -hmm. it got completely kicked out. Uh, I thought that was a very good one. Um, Kokomo City, I agree with you. And I would even put in All These Sons, the newest one from one of your favorite documentarian filmmakers. Oh. Who had done, uh, what was it, Mind, Minding the Gap? Yeah, Bing Lu. Uh, I want to say that, that this one is available on Prime. Perfect. Yeah. I just Is that this year or is that last year? I forget All These Sons. It barely got released 2023. We got to see it as a part of some festival, I can't remember, uh, in 2022. It had a very slow release because you won't believe it. Yeah. House made of splinters, twenty twenty three as well. The oh, one geez. that had me crying at the Harry Potter yeah. house. Yeah, there's some uh, so many movies that are out there. I agree with you with uh, Dale Mani. You remember Riotsville? That barely yeah. got its release last You're year. Right. A movie made up of all archive footage about a Riotsville, USA, a city mm-hmm. just made up of uh, test subjects uh, to be able to run what it would be like if uh, the military, the government, had to deal with a. Um, uh, riot uprisings and riots yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> it's right there um fantastic machine i thought was also a really good one from last yeah. year i thought that was could it could have gotten some love dear mama i know after the year that is uh oj made in america they won't count docuseries anymore yeah but boy should this have counted i'd even put uh yeah, another maybe the docuseries Emmys up there right uh i've been seeing it win like documentary 
award shows. So shout out to Dear Mom for that. American Gladiators would have fit there as well. But the final one, and I know you would agree with me, and I know you think this should be in the short list, if not the top five. Hot Potato, the story of the Wiggles. <laughs> There's no reason why this is being snubbed. I mean, it's it's one of the movies that maybe they'll laugh the most this year at the very <laughs> least. So. A lot of great documentary picks, but yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that was some of my picks. Uh, let's talk about the shortlisted international movies. They are Americazzi from Armenia, The Monk and the Gun from Bhutan, The Promised Land from Denmark, Fallen Leaves from Finland, The Taste of Things from France, The Teacher's Lounge from Germany, Godland from Iceland, Yo Capitano from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Totem from Mexico, The Mother of All Lies from Morocco, Society of the Snow from Spain, Four Daughters from Tunisia getting onto both shortlists, 20 Days in Mariupol from Ukraine also getting onto both shortlists, and The Zone of Interest from the United Kingdom. So uh, of those 15 movies, I believe we again talked about 12 of them this year on Intercut. Uh, But do you have... A, f- a top five that you're hoping to see actually make the final cut at the Oscars? Barring the movies I haven't been able to see yet, I'm going Promised Land, Teacher's Lounge, Godland, Society of the Snow. What the heck, bro? Four daughters, 20 days, zone of interest. Woo! <laughs> Not easy. Wow. Not easy. Uh, zone, 20 days. Nice, nice. Uh, I think I am going to go with The Taste of Things, Which The is, Teacher's yeah. Lounge, Perfect Days, mm-hmm. Totem, and The Zone of Interest. I think three of my picks you haven't seen. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i still sitting on Perfect Days, Totem. Taste of Things. And Mother of All Lies we're going to see at Sundance, bro. Like, oh, yeah, true. Uh, that's another one that I haven't seen. I want to catch up with Yo Capitano. I saw that was nominated at the Globes last night. You yeah. said excellent things about Godland and the Promised uh, Land as well. Um, Americazzi is the only one of these that I hadn't even heard of until the nominations. I mentioned it to you. Did you mention it? Yeah, so again, make it 13, bro. I got you. Okay, I always there sneak we go. in there. I left a comedy show and went straight to go see Americazzi. <laughs> I'm but you don't have any made it time, this far. Yeah, you don't have any <laughs> final five. Well, there's always a couple. Uh, not in my final five. There's always a couple surprising ones. Um, I think some people were surprised by the monk and the gun, although it has the same Why? director as yeah. Lenana, a yak in the classroom, which made the final makes five. So, so yeah, I, I understood that one. It just Bhutan, we still didn't catch right? It's this, such but... a tiny country, but uh, you know, people are responding to the movie or at least the campaign. They cooked the pure stuff over there. We yeah. we still got to catch that one. Uh, yeah, so those are the international and documentary shortlists. The snubs from international that I had listed were uh, Delinquents from Argentina, Ooh. Pictures of Ghosts from Brazil, uh, The Settlers, which just got released in theaters. That's Chile's selection. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to also specifically mention Mami Wata from Nigeria, which... Uh, you know, if it had been shortlisted, it would have been the only African film shortlisted. The Africa is one of the continents that the Academy is particularly bad at uh, recognizing films from. And I, most people I know who have seen Mami Wata find the film to be pretty incredible. Um, do not expect too much from the end of the world. I know you caught this one and thought it was pretty. Uh, there's a lot to really like about it, even if there's a lot. The one where she drives? 
Yeah, yeah. That's Romania Asia? selection. Yeah. Uh, Concrete Utopia from South Korea and About Dry Grasses from Turkey. I know got rave reviews out of festivals. Yeah. Uh, did you mention Shada? I didn't mention Shada. Was that Australia's pick? I think it was. Yeah, that is Australia's pick. It's getting a good amount. I went to go see Memory. I forgot to add that to the lineup uh, for Wigamon's Watch. And it was just full of a bunch of trailers for the festival uh, movies. They had right. a really good trailer for Shada that a lot of people were reacting to. Some of the other ones did I mention here from the other list? Uh, Promised Land did make the cut. Taste of Things I Need to See. Smokes on a Sisterhood was technically also a uh, yeah. submission. From Estonia. For exactly. its country, which I thought was was pretty cool. Uh, I'm glad Godland made it in. The Night Guard. Oh, and Shallow Boy. I just got a screener link for that. That is also getting its theatrical release from Jordan, which, as you were saying, many yeah. of the African movies just don't get picked. It's not even African, I guess. Uh, Slow from Lithuania, you know, was right. a standout for me out of yeah. Sundance. But where, where is that out? You can't really find that um, with the way that they released that way too tiny housekeeper for begin housekeeping for beginners massive trailer uh before memory as well another one that i had missed out of chicago but that one looked really good songs of earth was a documentary bye bye tiberius from palestine which has uh the actress from succession it's her daughter directing her and her sisters hey, you're a little muted but i thought that one was uh, a pretty good standout uh, the Peasants is one that's on my anticipated list. I just finished The Breaking Ice. That was a really good movie as well. That would have been Singapore submission from Anthony Chen. And I, I'm I have a screening of The Peasants tomorrow. That's Poland selection. I'm, I'm I'll report back. Bra, please, yeah. because that thing looks crazy. You know. It's like one of those uh the not xenotrope like rotoscope. Yeah. Thank you. That looks pretty good. Uh, and then just rounding it out over here, South Korea's Concrete Utopia in theaters now. Yeah, decent. Sudan's Goodbye Julia. That would have been mine. I came out talking good things about that one. I really liked the performances there. Um, Four Daughters had the ability. I think both of us are still watching about Dry Grasses because that one's pretty long. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Out of the ones that were there. So, look, still solid list for the uh, for the bunch because I, I don't know who to add. Uh, someone's going to get cut out for the top five. So it's already going to be Definitely. down to the wire. Are you uh, interested in talking about any of the other short lists? Because, you know, they have the short films, uh, short lists are out. Although, you know, those are often full of surprise films that we hadn't heard about. Although sometimes they do include ones that we've been talking about. Uh, there's mm -hmm. the short list for makeup and hairstyling, for sound, for original score, for original song, which tragically did not include Camp Isn't Home from Theater Camp. Um, I, I, I don't get that. It makes no I, sense to me. Yeah, theater camp in general just overlooked this year. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. On the, I guess the Flora and Song, Flora and Sun song was decent. I was still going for Dublin 07, but hey, some yeah. love there at least. Uh, when it comes to some of the shorts, I know for a fact the uh, there's a one called Grandma and Grandma. That's one that I'm rooting for the most. I thought that mm -hmm. one was pretty good. Um, we also have the director making a new movie over at Sundance. When it comes to visual effects, I found this to be the most interesting because it's been a conversation that's been had since the summer. Oppenheimer getting booted out of here because they don't consider it special effects, I think is goofy. Mm -hmm. I think I it deserves a spot on I wonder how much here. of that 
is like a pol- like kind of political thing because of I could toss how much four. Nolan has been talking about how this is no. all practical or primarily That's practical. That's still a visual effect. That is still a visual effect. Mm-hmm. If there is no category for the practical effect, then that is a visual effect. Right, but we know what dominates this category, and it's it's the the best. It's basically a best CGI category, even though that's not the title. Then rename of it. it. Yeah. Then rename it. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. That would be the last. That would be the last thing that I throw in there. <laughs> Rebel Moon. Come on. No. no. Uh, did did want to mention that uh the short film list is a little bit more um auteur filled than normal because. Uh, Wes Anderson's The Wonderful World of Henry Sugar made the cut, as did Pedro Almodovar's Strange Way of Life. So those two iconic directors might be getting another Oscar nomination in the shorts category uh, in a week's time. Interesting. All right. Uh, We'll wrap up this awards update with a quick discussion of the ruling on Barbie's script, because despite (laughs) The the verdict has just come in. It's, the final result has come through, and Barbie will be competing as an adapted screenplay, despite Warner Brothers attempting to run it in the original screenplay category, uh, which, of course, set off a world of debate and hair-wringing from Oscar pundits. Uh, the Art, UN gathered. Art, we know that Barbie mm-hmm. is based on previous material. Yes. We know that it is adapted from uh-huh. the Mattel line of toys. Part of the reason we know it's adapted is because the movie says so in its credits. However, I do kind of want to throw an argument out at you. Is this script any less original than May, December or origin or air? It is through and through an adaptation of the dresses, of the costumes, of the house. It is literally adapting what we know this doll to be. May, December, switch the names. It is making fun of the genre more than it is making fun of the case because that's the only way they got away with that poor boy coming out, now a man, saying, that offended me. Air is bastardization. That is a corporate document. (laughs) That is corporate. Zach, I'm going to take your air origin i see two other movies that you mentioned there if you want to mention them i am Uh, saying all of these are adapted before i say i'm the complete opposite of you you're mentioning movies that that i'd boot over there with it before i say that this should be original all the movies that i mentioned may december air and origin you think should be in the adapted category i'd put those in the adapted if that's the argument over this getting by as original I mean, the other argument that I have is that is this screenplay less original than something like 1917 or something like Dunkirk, which is rooted in historical fact and where you talk about how we come in with this uh, this idea of like what the clothes are, what the characters are, what the dolls are, how we come in and we know it's funny that there's only one Alan Uh because we know that it's about Barbie and Ken. Don't we also Uh know who wins in the end in 1917 and in Dunkirk? They asked for the rights and the copyrights of the soldiers' outfits and military personnel. At what point are we stopping what adapted is then? If everything is new, then everything is new. If there's no adapted, that's fine. We can Mm -hmm. Golden Globes it. But to me, it is through and through adapting what we know Barbie to be. Mm -hmm. I, I brought this up the last time we sort of talked about this on the show. But I think what I would love to see... Is a and part of this is because I just love screenplays and writers and I want them to be 
rewarded. A, a third yeah. kind of hybrid category where it's like original ideas based off of exi- existing properties. Because like, isn't that adaptive I, screenplay? I don't think so though, because they're like, you look. I I've I read Poor Things right. And they're yeah. lifting lines of dialogue from the book yeah. directly into the mouths of the characters. Uh-huh. Uh, even even something like Oppenheimer is pretty faithfully following a lot of the stuff in American Prometheus. But there's like a, there is a completely original story in Barbie. It is built off of the back of unoriginal characters and properties. But there there is still an an, an amount of original originality to it. Uh, let's let's take Barbie away from the discussion. What about something like Across the Spider-Verse, which is a adapted. wholly original adapted. idea adapted off of... Pre- how about How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which is a completely original story based off of a non-fiction book? Adapted. Why is it so bad to be adapted? That's my question. It's not bad what, to what be is, adapted. I'm just saying that there's But the like, urge is you think that they deserve more wanna... respect by having it original. No, 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 no. It's not about more respect. It's about uh, about different delineations of the job because I think I think particularly in the modern spectrum of Hollywood, this is an increasingly large part of of what a writer's job is is to like take something that exists and find an original angle on it. And I think it's different than taking the book of women talking and basically just like trans transmogrifying it into a film where like 98% of it is basically the same words than doing what you're doing in something like Barbie. And I think those things are also completely different than having a completely original screenplay where where everything comes from scratch. I, I I just think it's all they're all different and they all kind of could get their own little box right like we we don't put in tv we do this more right the emmys have so many different categories for best short form comedy best late night mm-hmm. comedy best 30 minute comedy I, i'm saying let's we need more categories i i am always for more categories but at the end yeah. of the day it's either something's original like past lives yeah or something is adapted from something, whether it be small. Well, she adapted past tiny. lives off of her her real life experience, so maybe we should <laughs> do another category. I like for that, that one. I like that one. <laughs> if it's been copywritten <laughs> and milled, I don't think it's bad for it to be adapted. Yeah. I think everything you described. I agree. There are there are layers to the adaptation for sure. Yeah. But at the same time, some may argue that Star Wars shouldn't be original back in the day. But it was mm-hmm. the first original take on that world. Yeah. That's and, the and difference to me between Mattel. When when Black Panther was getting all of its nominations, that's still mm-hmm. adapted. I think because we like Greta so much, we're rooting for her to for it to be something outside of what the movie is. That's why I keep bringing up Transformers. This is a better movie than Transformers, but it's the same model. A toy movie that took what it's supposed to be for its demographic and made it something big. For the boys, it was what Michael Bay had, right? For Greta, it was something a little bit more nuanced. And that nuance that she gave the character, we love so much. We want it to be original. But it's that same work. She, uh, you brought up Little Women, a great point. Yes, that's more from the text. But she flipped it, and I think she did the exact same work with what we know culturally of Barbie. Mm-hmm. And then Masterful works with it, but it's still adapted. I don't think yeah. that's a bad thing. I think she should sweep it. I, I felt it was adapted from the beginning. I'll take the extra category, sure. I'll take it. I, I don't yeah. mind it. 
but yeah, look, I'm I agree with you. Like it, it is, it is adapted. I think I think the movie agrees with adapted. you too, right? And and that is there is a talent in finding originality within your adaptation, right? Like there's um, there are different types and styles of adaptation, and I, I think that it's okay for them to compete against each other. Um, I just think it'd be fun to have more nominees, but in in the case that we can't, yeah, dude, it should be an adapted. It's it's not. We, it has a leg up against the original screenplays that are starting everything from scratch. We we already have some familiarity with it. Where are you putting A twenty four's Death Stranding? <laughs> I mean that 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 talk about new categories. That whole movie That's deserves its own category. Best walking simulator. That's experience. <laughs> Um, so I think that just about does it for our awards wrap up, but let us know your thoughts on all these different topics. And if you think that any movie in particular is a front runner at the Oscars and why it might not be Oppenheimer, I think it's going to be Oppenheimer. Um, Killers. <laughs> all right. Uh, just want to remind everybody that if you want to support our show, you can head over to patreon.com slash intercut pod where you can sign up to be a be- um, patron. You can uh, support the show or you can even just follow along for free to get updates about the show. But if you do become a paid member, you will get access to some early intercut videos, some uh, patron exclusive videos like our recent talk with the man of the Jedi about our 2023 letterbox stats. You'll also get invite invitations to our monthly Google patron meetings, which are always a fun time. So head over to patreoncom slash intercut pod to check out all of that. Uh, but that's about it for this edition of the show. Artwork and people find more from you. You can find me over at LME movies, logging everything on letterbox tweeting nothing on twitter or over at let me explain on youtube.com where i'll be posting hopefully a lot more especially as we get into sundance and a bunch of other things but either way you can always catch me here weekly on the intercom podcast and you can catch more from me at zshevich or at multiplex show on youtube or tiktok but find more from letter from intercut Across social media, at Intercut Pod, whatever you like to use, we're probably on there. You can also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Pod, or listen to us on whatever your favorite podcatcher is. Oh. And hey, while you're there, maybe give uh-huh. us a five-star review. We really like those five-star okay. reviews. I mean, they they make me feel good. And if you just kind of want to like that... give me a little shot of dopamine, it's, it's pretty easy. Sometimes I'll leave one on there, just five stars, because I know it's going to brighten his day. I, I, I just appreciate it. I, I so leave much. a one star review. And I don't want you to tell me which ones of <laughs> which ones they are because <laughs> that would really complicate our relationship. All the ones from Tunisia, those are all me. I use the VPN. <laughs> Uh, so please leave us those five star reviews and please if you're watching the video leave a comment like the video consider heading over uh, or consider subscribing I already said all of that uh, if you're do it again also yeah, uh, subscribe. It doesn't hurt to remind people to subscribe. You can turn on the bell. I don't. I normally don't say the like. Oh, you can click the bell for notifications that's, thing. But I know that's what some people do. That, that would have changed it. That you that, know. That's what's wrong. <laughs> that that's what's what... been wrong all these years. I fr- figured it out only four hours into recording today. 
<laughs> it's okay. New year, new rule. We got this. <laughs> yeah, Hit, new us, right? Smash that bell. That's what it is. Smash that bell. Like our Facebook, our Instagram, our Twitter pages. Support our Patreon. You find all of them at Intercut Pod. And those are the best places to get updates throughout the week from Arturo, from me, from any of the guests that we feature here on Intercut. You can also catch a link to our Discord in the description of this episode, which is a great place to keep up the talk all week long with a bunch of inner cuties. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, be better than Joe Coy. Just be more prepared than Joe Coy.